1: And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless had to get 30 30 bit to get 30 bit to get 20 20 20 to get 20 to 20, get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month sold give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees promo rate for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com
0: Check out Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium, and of course, my new publishing company called Zivi Books. And now, back to our daily author interview site and a quick hello from some of my kids. Hi. Hi. Hello. Enjoy the show. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Here's a little snippet by one of the authors from the anthology.
2: My name is Esther Amini and I'm thrilled to have contributed to Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. My essay is called Beneath the Surface. It's about my Iranian upbringing and making up for lost time. Tamron Hall is the
0: author of As the Wicked Watch. Emmy award-winning talk show host Tamron Hall is the host and executive producer of the popular nationally syndicated talk show Tamron Hall formerly of the Today Show, she has also hosted six seasons of Deadline Crime on Investigation Discovery. While at NBC, she was a recipient of the Edward R. Murrow Award for her report on domestic abuse. Tamron currently serves as an advocate for domestic violence awareness. Welcome, Tamron. Thanks so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books.
2: Thank you so much for having me. And I hope moms have time to read at least one book by another mom.
0: <laughs> I know. I think the question is, how did this mom have time to write this book is really probably what people are wondering.
2: <laughs> wow. You know what? It was, it was incredible, <laughs> to say the least, to have a toddler in the home while trying to write this book I I can't even think of a here I am writing my second novel in this series and I can't come up with a better word than incredible it was was an (laughs) incredible experience to have a toddler while writing a novel let me tell you that's another book coming soon
0: (laughs) yeah exactly exactly yes incredible is you know, there are probably more choice words uh, about (laughs) what
2: it's really like. I have four kids myself and I, it's, you know,
0: it's hard to get anything done ever.
2: So I totally get it. (laughs) It is. And, you know, and it's such a challenge. I, I just, this morning was, you know, I had that, I had a, a, I guess a bout of mom guilt. I slept in this morning uh, and my son woke up around six and I laid in bed until eight, and this wow. is not usual for me. I just celebrated a birthday yesterday, and we've been filming. I saw, happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. And we've been filming the talk show and obviously talking about As the Wicked Watch, and I laid in bed for an extra hour and a half. And I had a full bout of mom guilt, and I had to call my friend, who's a mother of four, to walk me off the ledge, and she said, "You just stay in that bed. You stay in that bed right now." I felt so horrible. I'm talking about the toddler who's in the next room, <laughs> like, you know, is like, "Can you hear me? Oh, does he know I'm awake? Should I go in right now?" I feel horrible. That was my day today.
0: Oh my gosh! Well, I'm here to also absolve you of any guilt. Oh, thank yes, you. you know, he probably he doesn't even know he's already gone. Like, you got the time. You needed the time.
2: And I've been trying to use this approach that was suggested to me by a couple of moms, honestly, is, is focusing in not on the amount of time, but the quality of time. So we really now have implemented the put down the phone rule, not even in his same atmosphere, you know, so that he knows that we truly are locked in on him, even if it's for that 30 minutes going in and being absolutely present. And I think that I believed I was doing that. But but I, I truly have to have that come to Jesus moment with myself and say the phone was in the room enough that even if I glanced at it, he saw me glance. And being aware that at two and a half now, he sees that and he recognizes that when he looked up after he said, he was saying some like bumblebee thing and he looked up and he caught me for a split second once not looking. <laughs> and it's like, oh boy. So we're just trying to implement that rule of not obsessing over the, the the clock number, right? Two hours, five hours. It's, can I be completely present with this person who deserves that from me and who I, I want to share that with? So it's been interesting part of the mom journey that, man, they don't write enough about
0: that topic. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like the same thing even with my husband, right? Like it, it's so easy to be distracted. And a girlfriend of mine once told me that she and had read some study, if you lock eyes with someone for only like 18 seconds. I probably misquoted it, but it's something like that. Something really small. The power of just sustaining eye contact for like less than 30 seconds is enough to keep you going for a while. Cuz a lot of times you like look up and then you look down yeah, and you look yeah. up. So anyway, I, I try that. Well, actually now I've been forgetting to even try that, but when I did try it, it worked. It really does well. work,
2: it? And that, you know, honestly, you asked me how I got this book done. That's really how I'm able to, as a, a new mom or a newish mom. And also, you know, with the other things i have going on, I'm a Virgo, I'm super analytical. So I still write, I don't even use my notes on my iPhone. I still write things down and I try to manage my time. And that includes with my son, that includes, to your point, with my husband, which I'm sure he believes he deserves more time too. And that allowed for me on Saturdays to really dig into my book. And so I would get up in the morning. I'm an early riser, 30 years of morning TV. I can't get past 5 a.m. So I would, you know, on a Saturday, get my cup of coffee. I still love making my coffee. I think that's because. My grandfather was always in the home, so it's like the Folgers, and you get the cup. Oh, so wow! With like I've, the actual I've, glass thing. Yeah, I've, up, I've wow. upgraded to espresso, but I still have my old cup, and I make my okay. coffee. Okay, yeah, I've, <laughs> I've upgraded. I've upgraded from my grandpa's little kettle, but <laughs> I have uh, my I make a cup of coffee, and I was able to just vanish into this character, who obviously is inspired by my years as a reporter, but also now. Inspired by my ability and confidence to speak up and speak out on behalf of survivors of domestic violence, on behalf of women, as we continue to fight for equality in the workplace, hearing our voices, whether we're moms or non moms. And I tell people, I don't conflate motherhood with womanhood. I was a woman for 48 years, I've been a mom for two. So there are very two different experiences, and I don't conflate them. But because this case that Jordan Manning, the character, the protagonist in this, The case she's following involves the death of an 11-year-old girl. And in my career in 1997, I covered the deaths of two girls, one white, one black, both 11. And so I I didn't realize how much I had pent up inside of me related to those cases. So now I'm being a mom, a journalist, 5 a.m., strong cup of coffee, and it just allowed it all to flow out of me quite effortlessly Only though, when I manage the time.
0: So do you set like an end time
2: when you started? Yeah, I do. I set an end time. I also, I will watch the clock and and kind of monitor myself almost like a football game. It's like, listen, if I'm not in the second quarter, I (laughs) got to get this ball going. So I manage my time. I am really with my husband because my husband will do the pop in. Yeah, he does. When he's working from home now, of course, we were all working from home over this time period. When he was working from home, I never interrupted. He'd be in his meetings, on his Zoom. I'm on a Zoom where I'm writing. My husband's like walking by, thankfully not in a bath towel like we've (laughs) seen some other people. But I'm like, what are you doing? Like, so we did have that classic gender thing where he thought, I I didn't know this about my husband, but I think somehow he doesn't believe that I'm actually working. (laughs) And a lot of my friends who are married experience that same they they don't and I know this is awful because I now I'm going to some gender stereotype conversation but it is one that a lot of women a lot of wives a lot of moms have talked with me about and I experienced it for the first time with my husband where I don't fully think he understands how the wheels of this train stay on both professionally (laughs) and with our with our son. I said to myself do you think that Amazon just sends us toilet paper? (laughs) Do <laughs> you, you think Jeff Bezos remembers that I interviewed him 30 years ago and said, We're on the paper towel list? No, <laughs> someone's ordering that, and that's how it's magically popping up. And you need to magically break down that box and put it out of our house. So, I think all these things happening. But believe it or not, it was all inspiring me to stay with the time management and get this book down. I feel like I'm you in know, therapy you- with you, Zippy. This is the best podcast ever.
0: <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> you know, they do have a subscribe and save. I do Feature do. on Amazon, just FYI. Okay. I'm do. sure you've seen I it,
2: do. and I subscribe. <laughs> and I'm, I'm I am a proponent of subscribe and save. And I do that in addition to subscribing and saving this very specific iced tea that my husband drinks. That he believes again just magically pops up. So that is though part of my time management. I find these little tricks. To your point, whether it's subscribe and save, I do a lot of the meal kits in the week. And then I have my food and wine is what I call it Saturday and Sunday or my New York Times cooking app Sundays where I explore more complicated cooking and all of that micromanaging, I guess is what it is. at The end of the day of my life gave me the room to be a present mom as best I could a present wife and a new art author. So that was kind of how I tried to manage it. It worked some days and a lot of days, it a lot of days. It <laughs> I was
0: going to say, I tried the meal kits and they took me so long. Like I, I can wear in. I know yeah, that's terrible, but.
2: Yeah, yeah they there's like 18 minutes. I'm like 18 minutes for Martha Stewart, not me. Yeah, exactly. Right? I know. I, you know, but it kept us at that time. As you know, so as I said, this book was written largely during the beginning stages of the lockdown and living in New York City, it was a little more complicated to get take out and do those things. So it was a survival tactic, but it also became a time management because that, the meal was picked out. I kind of knew what we were getting three, Smart four camera. a week. And so that helped me juggle. And I don't like that word, which we, as, as moms don't anymore, I think people used to embrace it, but now we know it's a setup. So it didn't allow me to juggle, but it allowed me to have a calendar and some control so that I could move forward with this novel and
0: my life. And the novel is not just writing it, but it's also, you know, editing and publicity. And I mean, yeah. the writing is just one tiny, it's not tiny, big piece, but I don't even know if it takes more time to write it than all the other stuff that comes after.
2: Well, that, that was the surprising part for me. So like I said, I, I knew the story and it had been simmering inside of me since since 1997 when I covered the first case. And then the second case, a few months later, I was in a reporter in Chicago and it happened. And I covered that again, not knowing that this would all manifest into this novel and it would release in the way that it did from my spirit to the pages. I didn't know that at all. But I, for me, you know, I, I knew that that somehow I needed to resolve some of the things that were in, inside of me after covering both of those stories. And so that part, to your point, was easy. I did not know the promotional part of it. I also underestimated the promotional part in the talk show. But I think... <laughs> I think those of you what has helped in that respect of the promotion and marketing is talking to people like yourself, where we are no longer in that insta life world. People want the real you. They want you know your stumbling answers, as I just gave you one. They want <laughs> uh, they want the true intention and reason why you wrote this book. So it's worked to my advantage not knowing the strict rules of marketing and the strict promotional schedules of both of those things. And I didn't get in my head about it. I pop on this conversation with you. I'm able to talk to you about my husband and our Amazon fight and still talk (laughs) about the book without feeling so, so strategic. And that's really what the novel is too. It's about this reporter who is so strategic and planning every detail, but a lot of her personal life is falling apart. And does that sound familiar? Perhaps. You might. I might
0: be able to relate. I don't know. (laughs) I might. I actually just announced this week I started a publishing company because I am trying to help the people, the authors with publicity and help put the author more at the center of the whole publishing experience.
2: Congratulations. And that's that's, a a huge thing that I can tell you. I appreciate, as I am now, an author, but I also host a talk show. And so when I have people come on to talk about their book and... I can sense very early on when they're too coached, and you really me too.
0: Do, oh man, I, I, it's such a waste of time. It's such a I waste just, of time. I could have just read it somewhere else, or I could have played it on somebody else's show or whatever. Yeah. And then you're not like getting to know somebody, and then it's like, well, why am I even doing this? And anyway,
2: no, yes. but that's true. And so that that's a part of what you said, you know, regarding promoting the book. Writing the book is one thing, but promoting it is another. And for me, there again was this intersection of they both need it and need my authentic reason and voice. And that's why initially I didn't want to share that the book was inspired by such a sad, two sad, heartbreaking cases. You know, you kind of want to go, Oh, I've got this novel and it's about this woman. She's a forensic scientist turned reporter and she's solving crime. Okay. But here's Where this ties into my life, it ties in because I covered two of the most difficult stories that I could have ever covered early in my career, and they have kept me up at night. And they have, in the two years of my mom journey, made me probably even more protective of my son than I would normally be because I covered the deaths of two kids. And it, it did perhaps in many ways, I didn't know until I was writing the book impact how I see security and protecting children and the wicked that are always watching Mm -hmm. when we don't know they're watching. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess
0: the ring. Go To prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And also, your ideas about race in the book, too, Mm -hmm. and how even how it was treated when you said, you know, the reporter was like, Well, we can't wait to hear more about this. And like, Jordan's like, You can't wait to hear more about the death of a black person? Really? Thank you very much. You know, And,
2: and we don't even realize it, right? You know, I've been in news a very long time and I remember. Back when I started, we, people would say the suspect was a black male, five foot four and brown hair. And I went into a news director at the time and I said, I was in my early 20s. And I said, that's my brother. That could be anybody. We have to stop this. And he says, well, that's what the police give us. That is the description they give us. And, we would, and he goes through this whole thing, unbeknownst to me that other journalists of color were having that same conversation in their newsrooms around the country. And ultimately we don't see that anymore. Back in the 80s they'd have like a little silhouette and it would say five foot six, black male, dark complexion, Richard. Well, (laughs) okay. Who is that? And so I I, later in my life, as I started to attend conferences and, and speaking with other journalists of color, realized that that same battle was being fought all around. And we see this change much like, honestly, you know, women's empowerment in the workplace, particularly in news, which is what we talk about as well. You know, and I dig into more in the next book about the dynamic of being a woman in the workplace and how we are seen and not heard, even in an industry that reports on the bad guys, you know, and that's, that's what we talk about, but yeah, her views and her pulling the curtain back on some of these conversations that I have witnessed personally, and that I've talked with other journalists about was also an important dynamic here because we have asked, why does the white blonde girl become the lead story and the other girl who doesn't look like that? Is maybe the third story local news, or even how police investigate the runaway. And that transcends race. That's sometimes socioeconomic. You know, the poor white girl ran away. The rich white girl, where is she? So it's mm-hmm. it's race, it's socioeconomic, it's what we see, who can be a victim, who can we empathize with, and who are we willing to believe will perpetrate some of the most heinous crimes ever. And in this story, we see people allow themselves to believe that a crime could be carried out by children. And did they believe it based on the race of those kids?
0: Wow. It's some heavy, heavy stuff here. (laughs) How many, so how did you, did you know already that you wanted it to be a whole series and how many do you have planned? And Do you have like the story anchor for each one already picked out and like I know you're organized. Yeah. Do you have it like a no, whole outline situation already? I don't already?
2: have an outline, but I have a vision. So, growing up, I love Nancy Drew, and I remember my aunt giving me the Nancy Drew box set, and
0: mm-hmm. it
2: was under my bed. So, all I picture is the Nancy Drew box set. So, I don't know how many. It was like eight. So, I, I think I'm going for like six. Yeah, six. There. <laughs> I said to someone in my family, my my talk show's third season launch September sixth. My birthday was September sixteenth. The book comes out October twenty sixth. So. Somewhere along the lines, I'm going to turn 666 into something positive. So we're going to go for six in the series. I do have the cases in mind based on the fact that I did a series called Deadline Crime for Six Seasons. Oh, there you go. Another six. Here Deadline me. Crime for Six Seasons. And I have to tell you, obviously, all of the cases I've covered are heartbreaking, but there are some that rise to a level of fear and anger and just hit an emotional touchstone in a way that I'm still trying to understand, right? And I've walked into rooms and immediately cried with the family members of people that I have reported on. So there are a few, sadly, a lot, that have risen to that point of a fire in my body. And I would, through this character, like to explore some of the things that have happened that I've witnessed in covering these types of stories that are heavy, but through Jordan, you know, we do talk about our personal life and how that does affect, you know, imagine covering a story on a husband that has killed his wife and then you're going on a date with a new guy. It's like, oh, okay, well, that's the icebreaker. <laughs> yeah, what what a- did you do today? Well, <laughs> a story on a guy who's going to jail now for committing a crime against his wife. Well, OK, you know, I just interviewed Tarana Burke, the founder of Me Too movement, and she talked about she got married last year and she said, it's not easy dating when you're the Me Too originator. And, and she made a joke <laughs> saying something along the lines of she would tell me, and you don't have to be afraid of me if you've done nothing wrong. So these <laughs> seep, seep into your personal life and with Jordan, the types of stories that she covers absolutely seep into her personal life. Again, imagine being at a dinner party and everyone wants to know about the story you've covered and you just want to have a drink and laugh. And that's what happens to reporters all the time. You walk in, people want to know about the story you've covered, especially if it's the big headline story. And so we follow Jordan and how she navigates the personal life and being this individual getting attention for things that she really doesn't want to talk about after hours, but she's dedicated to it. it
0: seems like you've somehow successfully orchestrated the series to work through all the traumas in your own life it's like your ptsd or whatever i mean just because you're covering it doesn't mean you're not involved and doesn't mean you're not emotionally affected like you are there too as if you were somebody on the street finding the body or whatever the situation is like that is a lot to take on so it's almost like you're you know very systematically expunging some of that you know stuff.
2: (laughs) Well, it is. And that is truly what and how it started. It was an exorcism, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what was happening with me, I think. And also for me in this story and in the other stories, I also needed to seek justice. And I also needed to have empowering characters in this Novel, because I did and do run into empowering people every time I've covered one of these stories. The other layer to it, honestly, is that it gave me a chance to write some of the wrongs that happen to victims that I've covered, whether it's a failure of parenting, a failure of the system, a failure of society. And so that's the superhero part in it. You know, Jordan is able to do things that I only wish I could have done as a reporter. And that was liberating for me, the writer. And I think for the reader, they will feel that same sense of good. Yeah. Somebody is trying to do something right here.
0: It's nice to be able to have a way to rewrite history a little bit. It is. You
2: know what it is? (laughs) It is. And I didn't expect that.
0: So what advice would you give for aspiring authors now that you've become an author yourself and you're down the
2: path to more and more books? Oh, wow. I think that as the time management can't be underestimated. You know, if you really have this passion for this topic and it is truly something born within you, to your point, it will find its way to the page, it will find its way to the computer. Finding the time to let that happen is key. And we're all so busy and we're all so overwhelmed. My niece the other day, who's in sixth grade, she's like, oh, my schedule, I get, if a sixth grader is overwhelmed, imagine what we are at 26, 36, 46 and on. And so for me, it's not underestimating the time management component so that your characters and so that you can live in that space. It's, as I said at the beginning of the interview with my son, it's not the hour, that I have. It's the quality 15 minutes looking in the eye of that character, looking in the eye of that book and looking into the soul of what you want to bring. Don't underestimate that. So the time management component, get a team that will handle the rest. They'll tell you how to market. They'll tell you how to do that. Get a good team, good support system and use what you are in the room to do for just that.
0: I love that. Amazing. Well, I definitely think you We're right to stay in bed and take the time this morning and, you know, ignore
2: your kid (laughs) because I ignored him. I delayed contact. <laughs>
0: I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Of course, you weren't ignoring him. I'm sure you were listening every second I anyway. No, you know. I was trying. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. That's inspiring to other moms that yeah. sometimes it's okay to just stay in bed yeah, if you I ever know. get that opportunity. So I love it. Well, congratulations on the book and happy birthday. And I'm really delighted to have connected.
2: It's been a pleasure. Have a wonderful day.
0: Okay, you too. Bye bye.